0: What are you passionate about? Hey everyone, welcome to Bearing Up. Uh, Today is a day about a little bit of self-analysis. We're going to ask the question, am I passionate for God? Uh, And this may seem something that you know, you you feel like you already are, or you may not feel that you are, uh, but you probably feel like you have a pretty clear answer as to what that looks like. Um, but we're going to discuss this today, and we're going to actually sort of graph out. I guess you could say um, I may actually put a graph on here uh, as far as uh, the video goes, because uh, there's a lot of comparisons uh, between what a real passion for God is and a uh, assumed passion for God is. Uh, uh, we'll call it a faux passion or a fake passion for God. It's one where we, we say that we have zeal, that we are excited for, for God, uh, that we desire him and are devoted to him. We say the things, but that doesn't manifest itself as, as in the same way as, as real passion, as real zeal. Uh, So trying to figure out the difference between the two, um, for us to look at ourselves and say, all right, I say that I'm passionate about God, but am I really? You know, what does that look like? That's the focus of today. What does passion for God really look like? Um, So we're not going to waste time talking about a definition today uh, as far as what passion is. Uh, I think we probably have a pretty good idea about what passion is um, because you know we were asked probably in, in high school and maybe in later years you know by school counselors and by teachers what is what is your passion you need to find your passion you know those things and you've probably heard this question before you know what are you passionate about what is what is the thing that makes you feel that way uh you know it's Maybe you have a hobby that you are really passionate about, um, and you, you spend a lot of time in it, and you invest yourself in it. Um, when we turn to the Bible, when we see that word appear or equivalents to that word, um, it's often used in the negative sense, right? A lot of times when it's talking about the passions and desires that, that one has, um it's talking about the quality of a misguided heart, one that is lusting after things of the world. And so, passion is more frequently used to talk about evil desires rather than desiring God, um, because that's what it seems that humans are most passionate about. <laughs> uh, and we are. You know, we look in this world, and the majority of us are, are all about. Uh, fulfilling our lusts and desires in this world, and and trying to figure out, you know, uh, you know how to live our best life. For me, and and uh, you know, so uh, humans are, are passionate about evil uh, and, and wickedness. It's it's very clear. Uh, the Book of Romans, and I guess its sister book Galatians, talks about this a little bit as well. But it talks about how. This displays in human nature and how, um, you know, sort of gives the illustration as to the kind of passion that we're to avoid. Uh, Romans chapter 1 and verse 26 says, For this reason, God gave them up over their degrading passions. What he's referring to is um, there were those that saw God's work and acknowledged his work, or rather than acknowledge his work, denied him. And decided to go after the creation and worship the creation rather than the creator. And so, for that reason, God gave them up to their gr- degrading passions. For the women exchange the natural function of, of that which is unnatural. And he continues on to talk about, uh, you know, how homosexuality is, is one of those things. But uh, so many other sins uh, originate from this idea of, of our passions and giving over to passion. For Romans chapter 6 and verse 12. It says therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies so that you obey its lust um, what he's referring to in that chapter is when you're a Christian you're baptized into Christ you're buried with him in baptism you're raised to a new life and so in that new life you're to walk in Christ you're to be his um, you're to be slaves or servants to righteousness and not to wickedness um, And that's what happens when we are passionate about sin. It becomes like a king over us. It reigns over us in our bodies so that we obey its lust. We obey its desire. So we have to avoid this kind of passion. Uh, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 24 says, Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and Desires this is the context of the works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit But I want us to notice that word belong right those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified That's to put to death right to get rid of um, You know to end they've end the the flesh with its passions and desires. It's not about uh, Those things anymore. So when we're talking about Passion for God we have to we have to notice that we cannot be passionate for for the world so the truth is is that we are all uh, passionate about something Um, you might feel that you are a passionless person that you don't have uh, you know you can't pinpoint a a thing um, that you are you know really uh, invested in perhaps And maybe, and I don't mean this to be an offensive thing, but maybe your true desire is to be lazy and to have a sedentary life and exist as a routine person, you know. uh, Some people have a passion for comfort. um, And the passion for comfort may not be um, something that you look at as a zealous kind of passion, uh, a devoted kind of passion, but nevertheless, uh, long hours are, are spent on comfort and and um a lot of time is invested uh again in that and uh as well as um maybe money that goes into um your comfort and things of that nature so uh you are you are passionate about something Uh, we all are um and so oftentimes though when we talk about what we're passionate about you know the things that come to mind are uh, i'm passionate for my family you know i'm uh, maybe I'm passionate for my career, the success of my career, or we we say that you know I'm passionate for God. I am zealous. I'm devoted to him. And I'm using those words sort of interchangeably to kind of illustrate what that term means without really having to define it. Um, but I'm going to be frank and say that if your passion for God is not overwhelmingly higher, overwhelmingly higher than... Any interest in worldly things then something's got to give there you know we've got to to realize that there is work to do in our own selves in our own lives in our hearts if we cannot say that our passion for God is overwhelmingly higher than everything else and that's not my opinion it's not how I think things should be but you know that's that's God's Word right Jesus Luke chapter 14 verse 26 that if anyone comes to me, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Now, is that saying that, you know, it, it, that, you know, you have to hate your family, right? You know, you should hate yourself and hate your family. Uh, that's, he uses that word, but that's not what is really being put across here right it's in comparison right in comparison to christ everything else is worthless right that's that's the mentality to have that that is the mentality to have jesus doesn't want half-heartedness he doesn't want us to be devoted to him in most respects but then to not be devoted to him in in other respects um he doesn't accept half-heartedness um Paul said in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 8 that he counted all of his accomplishments, everything that he thought was honorable about himself, you know, all of those things. And you can go back and you can look through the things that he could claim about himself. Uh, but he he noted that all of those things for him were as good as as rubbish or garbage in comparison to the gospel. Now, I feel like a lot of people would not say or immediately think that you know every great thing that i've ever done in my life is completely worthless in compared to the message of the gospel um and to the knowledge of jesus i think we would probably be very careful to say some of that sometimes uh if we're not totally passionate for god you know if we are completely devoted not most of the way devoted, but completely devoted, uh, I think that we would probably be on par with, with Paul and saying that, you know, everything that I've done, I've only been able to do by the grace of God. Uh, and all of that stuff that's, that's happened in the past, I'm not worried about it because I'm just going to live for him. Um, you know, he could claim a lot of things, but he said, you know, that's, that's not what it's all about. Um, Paul had a passion for God and so is that true of us too that's what we hope to set out to find today to see if if we are passionate like him if we are if we have a full devotion and zeal for God to the greatest sort of extent and and i say that because um, the scriptures do delineate what that looks like and again we're going to compare a true passion for God and a faux passion for God. Uh, and there are things in the true passion for God that probably every single one of us needs to work on. Um, and, and understand, you know, is this, is this me? Is, is, is that the kind of person that I am? Um, so we're going to look at those comparisons. We're going to find in scripture the things that can determine whether or not I have a real passion for God, whether you have a real passion for him. Um, Or a a faux passion, you know, a a fake passion. Uh, In other words, to claim to be passionate, but to not really be passionate for him. Um, Passion by word only, rather than uh, in deed or by the heart. Uh, Luke chapter 6 and verse 45 teaches us that our words and our actions indicate to the world what our passion is what we are passionate about the things that we do indicate what's in the heart uh and so where our heart is there our actions are going to be there our treasure is also but but that's where our actions are going to be that's where our words are going to be uh they're going to be an outpouring of what's on the inside um you know this can manifest itself as Simply as seeing what you post on social media uh, or hearing the words that, you know, that you speak in a regular conversation with somebody. Uh, The world can see and God can see whether or not we are passionate for him and just every day, every time you move, every action, every word indicates where our heart is uh, at any particular moment. And so we're going to see what those two things look like. Don't go away. We're going to compare these after a quick break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Guys, thank you so much for watching or listening to Bearing Up. Uh, We want to invite you to please like and subscribe, follow, uh, comment, share all our our social media. Um, We have Instagram where we sort of um, debut, not debut, but uh, let you know what the next episode is going to be. Um, so you are welcome to follow us on there we may have some other stuff on there from time to time Um, but uh, Facebook, YouTube and Rumble are the places where you can watch the show Uh, you can listen to it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and one of the very best places to listen to uh, Bearing Up as well as many other Christian podcasts is the Ministry League app Um, so check out the Ministry League uh, they are focused upon offering free Christian resources to anyone uh, who desires any uh, Christian resources <laughs> right uh, to have um, you know there's a song book uh, we've mentioned that several times but uh, there's uh, all kinds of Bible studies and devotionals and other podcasts and it's just a great uh, great thing uh, to have on your phone Uh, ministry league app or you can check out their website ministryleague.com to learn more about them and what they're doing Uh, because they are they're constantly at work they're constantly uh, glorifying God in a lot of their work so much uh, they're doing for the kingdom and so check out the ministry league Uh, and with that um, thanks for sticking through the break Uh, we will jump back into our discussion okay so I've talked about this you know what we're gonna do here and uh let's just jump into it but the way that this is going to work is um the qualities of each are going to be uh compared to one another in a way that we'll see you know one is this way and the other is is quite the opposite uh so um this is so important to recognize and i just want to state that to begin with because uh both individuals in in either category would say that they're passionate for god uh and so that's that's where the rubber meets the road right both would say i am passionate for god but when you look at their life you look at your own life and and see which sort of person that you are uh maybe it's maybe it's a wake-up call or maybe it's a you know reaffirming of you know i am passionate for god and I need to continue to to help others to be passionate for God too. Maybe you you know feel some things or have noticed some things, and you just um, have not seen it written out in this sort of way. Uh, and so um, we're going to make these comparisons here. We'll start with talking about what passion for God looks like, uh, and compare with qualities of a faux passion or a fake passion for God. So. The first quality of someone that is passionate for God is that they are transformed, right? They are a transformed individual, or they are in the process of transformation, right? We want to see the the church be like it was in Acts chapter two, right? Transformed individuals want that to be the reality of today, um, you know for them to be engaged with one another, to be engaged in helping those who are in need, to continue in the apostles' doctrine, you know, and to continue in in faithfulness and and zeal. Um, In Acts chapter two, we see the church begin with that sort of uh, fantastic transformation that takes place. Um, But the church had just an incredible impact on our world these individuals were transformed and it changed the world there were some jews in acts chapter 17 and verses 5 through 7 that saw christianity and they acknowledged that these people have turned the world upside down right that that was the statement that was made about these these individuals um it, this christian movement It combated all of their earthly reason, their social, political, uh, philosophical reasoning behind things. Uh, And these individuals were different. They were different than the world. These people who are passionate about God worked hard and changed the world. And they were different from the world. God had made them different. Uh, A great place that we can read about that transformation also, is in, in Romans chapter uh, twelve, verses one and two, uh, and I love the, the word for transformation um, in uh, in the scriptures, and that is metamorpheo. It's this idea of metamorphosis, right? And so, uh, someone that is passionate for God has undergone uh, a metamorphosis, a change, uh, so that they are very different from the world. But someone that lacks passion for God but may say that they are you know are zealous and devoted to him um, are, they are conformed right the opposite of transformed would be to conform um, and we get that sort of opposition uh, from that passage Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 um, but in John chapter 15 verse 19 Jesus said if you were of the world the world would love you as its own but because you are not of the world but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you right so if if we are disciples and called to be different from the world fitting in just with the world and doing everything like the world does doesn't really, show the heart of somebody that says I'm I'm going to follow you no matter what right Uh, I'm going to be transformed uh, into uh, being more and more like Jesus rather than conformed to the world so if you're finding yourself agreeing with and being accepted by the world maybe instead of being of Jesus you're being a person of the world uh, and I say that and, and I say it in this sort of very plain way uh, because I, I, there are individuals that are in the church and would say that they're passionate about God but they need a wake-up call uh, and so maybe maybe you're receiving that wake up call and I hope that doing this is, is you know being done in love um, because we are called for something greater we're called to be different from the world and um, it should be uh, clear to us that trying to change what we believe about God's word to fit a narrative or an agenda or the social things, the culture of today, that is that is not transformation. It's, it's being conformed um, to the world rather than sticking with God's word. And so... Um, That's something to be very wary of to uh, think carefully about so that we're not engaged in anything like that. That we're not engaged in, you know, well, I'm going to try and make the Bible fit uh, or my faith fit with what the world says. Uh, So uh, the next feature of a passionate person uh, for God is that they they must Preach the gospel, or they must speak about the gospel. They have to talk about Jesus, right? Someone that is, and I and I'm saying that word passionate, zealous, devoted, you know, all in, fully surrendered, right? That's that's the idea. They have to talk about God. It's it's an inclination that they have in them in themselves. Like they can't not talk about God. Jeremiah chapter twenty and verse nine. uh, We have. Jeremiah who is being persecuted and mocked and ridiculed Uh, and he says if if I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name there is in my heart a burning fire shut up in my bones and I am weary with holding it in and I cannot so Jeremiah is is basically saying here hey I've got a passion for God so much that I I can't hold in His Word. Um, is there a fire in us to share Jesus with the world? Is there a fire in us to say, you know, I'm going to bring Him up when I can because uh, He is glorious and He is my Savior and He is everything to me. If God is everything to me, wouldn't we, wouldn't we talk about Him? Wouldn't I talk about Him if if He's everything to you? doesn't he come up in your conversation and so the the faux passion um, that individual that would say they're passionate again but uh, lacks passion for God uh, hides the word uh, hides the word of God Luke chapter 9 and verse 26 Jesus said for whoever is ashamed of me in my words of him will the son of man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels so that is is something that we need to meditate on we need to think about that for a minute if we're ashamed ashamed of, of, of preaching the gospel of sharing his word if we're ashamed of that then he's going to be ashamed of us in the end He's going to deny us in the end because we've denied him that is that's a scary thought that's a scary thought uh and so we have to recognize the difference here right it's it's either one or the other honestly and and maybe maybe i say that there's one one or the other but ultimately it comes down to am i progressing to speak more about the gospel or I am I content with with trying to hide the gospel you know am I seeking opportunities am I seeking to grow in this way because it's a little intimidating sometimes right but why is it intimidating why is it intimidating you know are we are we afraid of what people would say are we ashamed of what we believe you know those sorts of things should not Be hindrances uh, for the heart of a Christian Um, and so if we are really devoted if we're really zealous um, then we're not going to be hiding the word intentionally but we are going to seek to try to talk about our God try to share him with others Uh, something else that is a quality of someone that's passionate for God is that they only speak to build up, right? They only speak to encourage and to lift up. Maybe it is to admonish or rebuke in, in occasions when they need to, but the purpose of admonishment or rebuking is to, to rescue, is to help. It is to build up in a sense. And so Ephesians chapter four, verse 29 says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up. As fits the occasion so that grace so it may give grace to those who hear so this might feel like a kind of random thing here because this is more about relationship with other people than it is about a a relationship with God you might think but uh, if I love God then that love is going to be manifested to to others as well if i'm passionate about him then i'm going to be passionate about his will and i'm going to try to create more passionate people for god um i i'm going to try to um you know build others up because i know that that glorifies god so that is a big part of of devotion right that we build relationships uh with brothers and sisters in Christ and that we encourage them that we build them up so the opposite of this of course someone that you know lacks passion uh, for the Lord uh, is someone that may whisper or slander or complain uh, about others Um and Titus chapter 3 verses 10 through 11 teaches us to withdraw from unrepentant divisive people Uh, who are warped and sinful and self-condemned right these individuals that would stir up um, angst between others or have angst in themselves towards others Uh, they may pretend or even think that they're doing right but they're blind by their their negativity and their maliciousness Um, they may not feel that they're being malicious but uh, you can tell by their words um that uh they are they are condemning they're judging others in Romans chapter 2 there's a warning that if you condemn and judge others you're condemning yourself because you also make mistakes and you also you know you also uh you know have sin and and the illustration that's used there or rather the circumstance of Romans chapter 2 is uh, you have Jewish Christians that are saying, well, look at these Gentiles over here. Um, but the Jewish Christians weren't faithful either uh, under the law of Moses. And they're not going to escape the wrath of God uh, because of their sin. And so they we all need the grace uh, of Christ. We all need the salvation that he freely gives. Um, and so we have to think of each other in that way. You know, we... We don't complain or slander or whisper about others instead we should try to build others up um the person that is passionate for god surrenders all right that's kind of uh it's a given one there but it's an important uh part of this romans chapter 12 verse 1 says i appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of god to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy acceptable to god which is your spiritual worship uh, i love the way that the, the book of romans is set up because this by the mercies of god is really referring to halfway from the book of or the uh, halfway of, of through chapter 3 all the way through chapter 11 right the way that i understand romans to to be written is the first most of the the first three chapters is you know what have we done and then the latter half of chapter three all the way to chapter 11 is what has God done and then chapter 12 following is what must we do right how do we respond to what God has done and so that that's how this starts out I appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of God by what he has done You present yourself, your body as a living sacrifice. So a person, a person that is passionate for God sees him and his works. And in response to that, he lays his life at God's feet and says, you know, here's my gift for you, right? My gift to you, Lord, is my life because your gift to me was, was your own life. You gave up your life for me so that I could be saved, so that I could have eternal life. And so this short life that I have on the earth, I'm going to give that to you. Um, a passionate person surrenders all to their Lord. Um, an unpassionate person surrenders some. You know, they they give a little bit. Um, we... Are, are probably all familiar with the Church of Laodicea, right? Revelation chapter three. It's that lukewarm church. You know, they thought they were rich, but they were poor and wretched and blind. Um, you know, they weren't hot or cold. And you know, it's it's a situation in which they're Christians, but they're not wholehearted uh, in their relationship with God they are, are like some of us sometimes we surrender some but not all and someone that surrenders some may say you know I'll I'll sacrifice my Sundays and and maybe my Wednesday night and my and maybe I'll go to a few events but um, you know I'm not I, I'm, I'm not going to you know really worry about it any other time you know I, I don't really have a desire uh, to study God's Word every day or even pray every day um you know i'll i'll, I'll, I'll do what's the minimum right uh, we assume that there is a minimum um there's not really a, a minimum according to scripture there's not really you know this little bit will get you into heaven and then everything else is extra right that that's not really what the scripture's ever describe on any circumstance uh, that you know I'll just give the very minimum that's something that we create for ourselves um, and it's a lie uh, that there's a there is a minimum that we can give to the Lord uh, and still have salvation and still have assurance and, and hope you know we are called to to surrender all not to surrender some and so these individuals, again, they may say that, you know, I'm passionate for God You know, they may look holy. They may look, you know, like, you know, they're a person that's there all the time or whatever it may be. Um, but there's, there's things they won't give up, you know, um, are unwilling to give up. Um, maybe it's their time or their, their money or, uh, you know, honestly, just their heart, you know, their heart, their hands. Uh, there are things that, you know, some will not give up um, uh, because uh, they're not wholehearted for the Lord. And, and so that's, again, something we have to look at ourselves. This whole episode is about self-analysis. You know, am I, will I give up everything? Can I give up everything uh, to the Lord? Is Is that the kind of person that I am? Uh, Someone that is passionate for God is humble and open to his word. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 15 says, Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. Right? So this is Paul speaking, right? And he says, we... Right? he is an apostle he's he's an apostle he's faithful he's a he's a divinely inspired servant you know he is selfless but he uses the terminology we we all together are to grow up in every way into him who is the head right The question for us is do we look like Jesus yet right Do we look like him? and you know we we answer, No, right? We answer no humbly. We should and recognize we have more to grow. And so in that sense, we are humble and dependent upon the Lord in in such a way that we desire to open his word and be open to his word and find the transformation that is there uh, to find that powerful word that can cut to the quick, right? That can cut to... Um, you know even to our hearts um, so that we might be pricked so that we might be changed you know someone that is passionate for God still seeks to be molded by God but a person that person that has a faux passion for God is spiritually content Uh, you know they have not found or do not look uh, for room to grow Um, an individual like this is probably blind to their own failures um, you know like the Jews in Romans chapter 2 and this kind of is building on one of the other things that was said earlier you know we're judging while while doing the same thing we do we don't see our failures we don't see where we need to grow um, but the problem with this is you know saying you know I've been a Christian for for 40 years it does no good if, if you've been blind to sin and pride your whole life, <laughs> right? Uh, that uh, That is not a good situation to be in. Um, you know, Time as a Christian is not enough to be mature spiritually. It's what we do in that time. Uh, and so being spiritually content, saying, you know, I'm good where I'm at. I don't need to focus on growing. I don't need to focus on study you know i've studied the bible i've read the bible all the way through before you know uh, people people can say all kinds of things you know you know I've, I've read i read the bible through and through and you know i i, I feel like i've understood it you know the best i can right <laughs> there's a lot of things that that you could say but um that that's not the attitude that we need to have someone that is really zealous for God and his work and for his will and his word craves his word craves to be more like Jesus and to grow uh, into Jesus grow into the head which is Christ and so the last point here the last two um, is that a person that is passionate for God has been crucified with Christ. Uh, Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Paul says essentially here that, you know, I'm Paul is dead. You know, if you're looking for Paul, he is he is out. He is gone. <laughs> right? Because when you look at me, what you're going to see is Christ. You're you're going to see Christ living in me. Uh, I have crucified, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives with me. And the life that I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So my passion is to be like Jesus, to walk, to live, to breathe like Jesus. That's what a passionate person for God says. You know, I, I want to be like him. I want to walk like him. I want to breathe like him. I want to I do everything according to, to him. So this this is an addition to that idea of of surrender. You know, I, I surrender with him, but I've even I've even died to myself. You know, a great passage that talks about this is Colossians chapter three. And there's a great comparison about the old man of sin and you put to death all of these things and you put on, you know, tender and compassionate hearts and, and you put on love and and you know you put on Jesus that's that's who we are that's who we're supposed to be so when Paul was crucified with Christ you know he is again saying Paul is dead never to be revived again he's put to death all his worldly passions and he's going to live for Jesus um, the person that lacks passion for the Lord thinks they're alive but are actually dead Revelation chapter 3 tells us about the church of Sardis Jesus says to them in verses 1 and 2 I know your works you have a reputation of being alive but you're dead wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die for I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God so again this is this is Why this conversation matters so much is that individuals who look alive aren't always alive, right? There are individuals that are alive in Christ uh, because they've been forgiven of their sins and they've been transformed and they've surrendered to the Lord and been crucified in Christ and, you know, all of these things. And they had a passion, uh, you know, when they became a Christian, they've built that passion and they've grown in that passion but just because we think that we are alive uh, does not mean that that is true uh we could be dead spiritually um and that's that's the case for those that do not have zeal for god Uh, they think that they're alive but they're dead Uh, and that is clearly seen jesus gives the reason "For i have not found your works complete in the sight of my god you know you are not it's clear that you're not living for him um, by the way that you, by the way that you live, by the way that you work. Um, There's a saying that goes, you know, ignorance is bliss, but ignorance of the will of God and the welcome influence of earthly passions, that's going to condemn you as, as lost. And, you know, this is a serious conversation, um, you know, This is not a fun conversation, but uh, it's something that we have to hear, something that we need to hear. You know, every every one of us may think that we're on the passionate side, but if that were true, if it were true that we were all as zealous as we could be, would our numbers not grow just exponentially? Will we not continue to turn the world upside down? rather than be tossed to and fro by the world and what's going on in the world you know is is god the object of our conversations you know there's so many questions that we can ask ourselves and and look back on these things and and just is is this me is are these things that i'm looking at today you know is is that who i am you know am i really have i really put on my desire for the Lord and have I put it above everything else Um, as we close you might be wondering if this sort of passion that we're talking about is absolutely necessary what it has to do with the gospel I hope that you've already seen that uh, seen that it is necessary Um, but for both inquiries we can turn to Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. In Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14, we can see how the gospel has to do with our zeal. You know, what, what happens because of the grace that has been extended to us? And what should that look like? So, Titus 2, starting in verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us, Some translations say training us, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and To purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good works. So, here we go, right? You know, the grace of God has appeared, right? The grace was given. To do what? (laughs) Right? It brings salvation to all men. But what else does it do? It instructs us. Right. It trains us. The grace of God is given to bring salvation to all men, but also to instruct us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires to live sensibly, righteously and godly in the present age. Right. So God's grace is extended to us so that we might change. And this actually does appear again in Romans chapter two, the kindness of God. Right? The kindness of God was extended so that we would repent, so that we change, so that we would be different. Um and and as we we live that life, we are looking to the hope of our eternal life, the hope of the appearing of Christ again, you know, his second coming to 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 take us home and to be his, because he was the one that laid down his life for us and redeemed us from every lawless deed to, to, to be pulled away from sin, to redeem us from sin, right? And Romans chapter 6 verses 1 and 2 talk about how, you know, if we've been, you know, if we've died to sin, we don't need to, to live in it anymore, Right? We, we don't continue to live in sin. Right? We, we do sin. We have mistakes. But it's it's not that we live in sin any longer. That our passion is for sin. Um, and to purify himself of people for his own possession. Zealous for good deeds. So all of that is built on. For the grace of God has appeared. So we should understand that that god desires us to be a certain people he desires us to be his own possession a purified people a zealous people and so the question is you know am i am am i what god has called me to be am am i when i look at this list when i look at these qualities you know what side am i on I'm just going to leave it at that because uh, there's nothing more to say except for you to decide and for you to, you know, figure this, these things out for yourself to reflect on what was talked about today and to say, you know, you know, I I need to develop my passion for God. I need to, you know, uh, I need to grow in this. I need to understand that there's there's more to this. um and so i I pray that this has been an encouraging episode to you uh i i appreciate you for tuning in to bearing up this week uh check out more again on facebook and youtube rumble you can watch um, uh, watch more bearing up there Uh, we have stuff on there that is not uh, on the the audio podcast so if you just listen uh, to the podcast on Spotify or um, Apple Podcast or uh, the Ministry League app, uh, you can uh, see more uh, on YouTube and, and Rumble and Facebook. Uh, we've got those things there. So, But anyway, thanks for tuning in. I hope you have a blessed week. Uh, and we'll see you next time.